Hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guide, Ariane Petrucci. And Scott Jams. This is episode 104, Ultra Lightweight Tents, Single Wall or Double Wall. We are now on Patreon.com. If you'd like to support Trust the Trail podcast, please check out our Patreon page. That's Patreon.com forward slash Trust the Trail. We would love for you to be a part of our outdoor Patreon community. Plus, you always receive our podcast early before it hits iTunes or any of the other podcatchers. What does ultra lightweight tents mean to you? This is a second part of a three-part series on choosing what an ultra lightweight tent means to you and how to choose the right one. We discuss single wall versus double wall and the differences in how it will affect your tent experience. We wrap it all up by featuring a manufacturer we believe you should take a closer look at before taking the final plunge and purchasing the tent that's right for you. As always, you can join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast. Come join our podcast family. Come hang out with us and be part of that amazing experience. Thank you to all of you who have been signing up. Yeah, and thanks for posting some of your tent photographs um, from our last podcast. That was very, very cool. Um, some posted some hammock and uh, other photographs. And I love the photograph that was just posted about like the, the winter frost frozen photographs out west. It was very, very cool to see those uh, pictures. I mean, they were beautiful uh, also. So we love our Facebook podcast community. And you are back. Ariana's back. <laughs> back. I'm not done with assignment, though, but I'm back. <laughs> Ariana on assignment. <laughs> Taking a hiatus from the assignment to come hang out with everybody, actually. It's, I, it's good to have you back. I know. I really, it was very strange listening to you only doing the podcast. It was weird. It was strange doing the podcast by myself. <laughs> I didn't have that uh, sidekick banter. Yeah, I think you're more of the banter. That, you know, I had no one to play off of. I'm more of the awkward, like, silence. I had to stick Dino in your chair. <laughs> And Dino was like, he, he looked very uncomfortable sitting in the <laughs> it's like, chair. It's like, Dad, I don't know how to do this on air thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I could not get him to bark on command. <laughs> well, it's good to be back, everybody. Um, I hope you are enjoying uh, the three-part series. It's 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 a lot of fun to go into this, like, gear talk. Well, we get a lot of questions about uh, the best. And um, quite frankly, it um, kind of irks me when I... They, you know, people are like, what's the best? There is no best. It's, you know, like we always talk about, it's the best for you. But, you know, we could go product over product over product over product. And what we think is the best is never going to be the best for you. So, well, I think there's quality versus non quality, which oh. kind of steers in the direction of best, but ultimately, best is an opinion. Absolutely. And, and you know, you're right. There's going to be quality, durability, and the time it takes to make the gear. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to, if there was a, a lightweight, super lightweight tent, I guess I could buy a, a, just a basic, you know, tarp and say that's the best. But I think it has to do with durability, functionality, 
cost? You know, why is it made in the first place? How are you going to use it? Functionality. And, it's important. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and we wanted to reiterate too that we are not endorsing any products um, on this series. We don't get paid to do it. Um, we've used all of these products. We 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 know some of the tents very very well. Have we used every single ultra lightweight tent? No, no, we haven't. But notwithstanding that, I mean, at, at some point in time, it's up to you to try it. It's not up to us to try it. It's up to you to try it so you can test it out for yourself. And um, unless you are actually going to come backpacking with us and sleep under our tarp with us, then we can surely say, yes, this tarp is a good quality tarp. <laughs> but uh, so when we're mentioning manufacturers and and um, you know products, we are we're not endorsing those products. We just think it's a really good place to start for you and your choice, um, and. You know, we can give you tips and some pro tips and things that we know for sure about the gear. But really, again, uh, the best way to the, the best way to to know it's the best is for you to get out there and use it, and then that way you know it's the best for you. Couldn't have said it better. Podcast done. So <laughs> podcast done. <laughs> that, that, that about wraps it up. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Um, so I think. So, and then we, we get a lot of questions too, because we do sleep under a tarp and uh, over, I think it's coming close to 10 years now. Uh, when, when we set up the tarp and we get this on our backpacking bootcamp classes all the time, by the way, we have one in April coming up. So check our, uh, check our uh, trust the trail podcast.com forward slash events page so you know when the next backpacking boot camp is i think it's at the end of april and um hopefully all the pollen dust will be cleared by then but that's our uh that's going to be our last class for a while uh, through the spring and the summer so um we're going to either go on the chatuga river trail or we'll be very close to the appalachian trail so if you haven't taken that class and you're going to be in the southeast that's our last class but when we set up our tarp in um, when we take new people out backpacking, they're like, "You sleep under that? You're like, good with that? Where, where are the? Where's the walls? Where's the floor? Where's the screen? You, where's the bug do? screen? All the all the all the questions, which I actually really enjoy the insightfulness because it's a way to educate that there are alternative options out there, which. Quite frankly, you had to teach me about tarp tenting when I first started, and well, it took me a while to warm up to the idea. Well, it's the, the I, I think it's again, it's a lifestyle for us, and for me, it, it was a lifestyle choice. And I think I explained it on, on the last podcast of why it was a lifestyle choice, and it also too it was because, man, I love sitting under the tarp in the rain cooking. And being able to use my stove, but yet seeing a 360 panoramic view if I pitch my tent right or my tarp right. And we start talking about the different fabrics on why is a single wall, why, won't you, why, why wouldn't you use a rain fly? And what is it about the single wall? And so we decided as part of this uh, three-part series to talk about single wall, 
versus double wall. Is there an advantage? Is there not an advantage? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So yeah, so we'll, we'll get right into the whole uh, single wall versus double wall. Um, crazy how the single wall actually started. The single wall tent, its origin really came from uh, quick, easy nylon setups when people were climbing in the climbing industry and they were pitching their their tent on the side of a cliff and if you notice on any climbing documentary movie show you've ever watched there's never a rain fly never not one time <laughs> and that's really where the whole single wall tent origin came from and it has really come back into the backpacking industry and um, a, a lot of that design was specifically made for the West. Um, the Pacific Crest Trail and the Western part of the country really embraced the single wall tent um, because it's dry. They don't have any humidity out there. So they get, you know, they don't have the condensation problem that the Southeast might have with a single wall. And we'll talk a little bit about that too. So single wall tent, single wall tent is exactly what it implies. <laughs> it's a tent constructed of a single wall, a fabric. Uh, traditionally, most of the time, single wall tents are somewhat robust waterproof. Um, it is a breathable material uh, when it's made out of nylon. So it uh, waterproof is a again when we when we use the term waterproof we would like to remind everybody <laughs> is that there's no such thing. <laughs> so <laughs> if you can if you can know that benchmark in your backpacking career, that's a really good benchmark to have. Sure, is this waterproof? Yes, it is. No, it's not. Stop lying to me. Um, <laughs> So, but it's a breathable fabric and it's most, and really it started with mountaineering tents. That's really kind of where the, the whole single wall uh, was born. I could see where it would be really challenging to stake down a rain tarp on the side of a mountain right. as you're hanging off of it. Right. So I, I can see where that, that, that concept was born. Yeah. Because you it know makes what? a lot of logical sense. <laughs> well, yeah. Because after anchoring in the side of a, a cliff, you know, and you're you know, you're you're three thousand feet up. Right. And you're just on the side and you've anchored in successfully. I and it's ready it's you're you're really ready to kind of like sleep on the edge of the abyss. Right. You don't want your partner to say, Hey, uh, can you, you put that rain fly on? Can you put the rain fly on? It looks like rain. <laughs> I, I think we're about to get <laughs> yeah, it with a storm. Yeah. So I can see, I can see that. Um, so it, w w as, as a single wall kind of like um, came through the industry in a backpacking sense, of course, of course, the backpacking industry tried to make it even lighter. Um, and so some of the tent manufacturers today are made with a coatable, non-breathable fabric as your single wall. So class, what would be an example of a non-breathable fabric? That would be Cuban fiber. <laughs> so that is a coated non-breathable fabric that um, your tents are kind of getting more embraced. Uh, Z-Pack um, and um, 
Hyperlite. Yeah, I was just about to say Hyperlite. Both have the non-coated, breathe, non-breathable, uh, the coated non-breathable fabric. So that was that would be an example of that. I feel um, like raising my hand over here. <laughs> you should. Absolutely. It's like I have an answer. Right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, so then you've got your double wall tent. So again, double wall tents are considered, um, give you a quick example, the Big Agnes UL uh, Ultralight that has a rain fly. And so that is in the ultralight category, but it is a double wall tent. Okay. So that's just an example. Again, double wall, the answer is pretty obvious <laughs> with a double wall. Uh, the double wall tent, it's constructed of two walls, typically the tent body and then the rain fly. Um, and it's tents evolved from cotton to nylon. The designs began to incorporate two layers of fabric to achieve the waterproofness and the breathability, which almost contradicts each other waterproof and breathability so um you know i always think of well, like the rubber rain suit and so I have some stuff it's totally breathable it's totally breathable well it's having to do with the, the barrier in between the two concepts well the rain fly which is where you're avoiding condensation right and the rain fly uh in in a general standard area is never going to be breathable so you can you can just check that box right off it's not going to be breathable uh the inner tent is 100 percent breathable and not waterproof so that's the rainfly concept um and the funny thing about it is that um when it comes to winter camping people say well in your tent you're usually you know five to seven degrees warmer in your tent well yeah because you have a non-breathable rain fly and so well it's the same concept as using your rain jacket as a windbreaker uh, right absolutely i don't know if you'd be able to use that same logic with a single wall but for a double wall yeah absolutely you're gonna you're gonna be warmer in your tent with a double wall tent no question about that um so then you look at, okay, well, what are the pros and cons? What's the difference? Like, how would I choose a single wall versus a double wall in an ultra lightweight situation when I really want to save, save weight with my tent? Like, what, what would I do? Well, the pros and cons, you purchase a single wall tent for its simplicity of setup and the fact that it typically weighs less than a double wall tent and that's obvious right there. It's going to weigh less. It's probably going to be much simpler to to pitch and to put up in like high winds or rain because you know it's it, that's always kind of a drag anyway to do and with any kind of a tent, let alone a double wall tent. Single wall tents are easier, quicker to set up, obviously, which is you know it, it's you know when when you're in bad conditions, you want that quick fast setup um, or when you have to dig out um, of a snowstorm, which I've had to do in my tarp before. Um, the price of ease to set up and higher weight is more condensation, condensation inside. So that is really going to be, um, if we can teach you anything about the double wall or the single wall choice, it's this, where are you going to go? And where are you going to be? That is going to really kind of right away dictate 
maybe I should go double wall. Maybe I can get away with single wall. So again, or at least understanding that it's going to impact you in different ways based off of where you're going to be. That is correct. You could still choose the single wall. Yep. But you may or have you a can little choose bit. The, the double wall, but you're going to pay a price in one way, you know, or another. Yeah, so the, the the con of the single wall would be condensation in a in an atmosphere or in part of the country where you're going to have high humidity. You're going to have a little bit more condensation with a single wall. The other con would be making sure that you pack it correctly and you need to have it in a stuff sack and you need to make sure you pack it um, so there are no stakes or protruding objects or uh, there's nothing that can rip the tent because it's one thing to have a tear in your rain fly. You could probably duct tape, duct tape that and get away with it. That's another thing to have a rip in your single wall tent. Yeah, you could duct tape it also, but you have, you know, a little bit more room for failure for sure. So that would be the con to the single wall. The pro obviously would be quick, easy, lightweight, um, and it it doesn't it doesn't make too much of a difference whether it's raining, snowing, high winds. You're gonna have a hard time setting that up anyway. So set it up once, stick it once, get in your tent, get dry, boom, you're done. And of course, it's it's lighter weight. Oh yeah, by far lighter weight. Um although that can vary dr dramatically on which tent you end up purchasing but but one thing that I love about a single wall tent more than anything is the ease of setup in a massive rainstorm oh yeah absolutely and and I, I think that's that hand down it's just so easy because you do you have a quick easy ability to do it from the inside yeah, no, oh, uh, absolutely. Um, I can think of probably only three examples, uh, maybe four, maybe maybe three or four examples in uh, 20 years of backpacking that I have cursed at a single wall tent. And one of them, well, I would say two of them was my fault because um, I pitched it on a beach in 35 mile per hour winds <laughs> and became buried. Um, the other one was in a really bad thunderstorm. I mean, it was like not a thunderstorm. I, they were like the tornado. If I would have been in town, I probably would have heard tornado sirens. Um, and my tarp inverted. Uh, that's the wind was so bad. Um, and, and that's the other thing too, is that I hear a lot about freestanding tents, freestanding tents, freestanding tents. And yeah, they're easy, but there's not much negotiation you're going to get with how to pitch it. And, you know, the little tiny um, things you can do to pitch it better. And you're, little, you're confined with a freestanding tent with, with how to pitch it. And when we get into the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you a huge pro tip on the, on the freestanding ultralight tents with the rainfly that um, it's pretty easy to pitch, but I'm going to give you a clue on why those tents, people to return those tents all the time. When I was at REI, they returned them all the time because of one single thing they didn't do. So we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. But as far as, 
single wall tents. I mean, I've had a single wall tent, and I said this on the last podcast, up at over 14,000 feet in a hailstorm, and that thing, you know, the, the, nothing happened to that tent. It was, you know, it was very sturdy. Um, I didn't have a problem. I didn't have to worry about it. And I think the the thing with the the, the other con I would think with, with single wall tents when you go ultralight is this. You're going to be a little colder. So if you read material or you read or watch a YouTube video and they tell you the difference between a tent and a tarp and they say, well, a tent, you're going to be warmer. All I would have to say is this. In theory, you're going to be a little warmer, but it's the double wall tent that's going to keep you warmer. So if you go with a single wall, then make sure that you have a correct sleeping bag and a correct sleeping pad that's going to complement your single wall tent. Um, so that's something that you also have to look at your sleep system with single wall tents. Now, we've never had a problem. Like, How long have we been sleeping under the tarp now? For, well, as For long as long we've time. been together. So you and I have been like, we're going on five years. So, you know, five years, I did five years before. Rarely have I had it, rarely, rarely, rarely have I ever had an issue with a single wall tent. Um, and so the tarp, we had a 10 by 12 tarp and it weighed just two pounds, uh, two pounds, one ounce. And that was the Equinox uh, 10 by 12 tarp that you can buy at equinox.com for $79. <laughs> until 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 it died up on the mountain. Last Ooh, grassy year. <laughs> grassy ridge. Grassy ridge Bob. Rest in peace Equinox tarp grassy ridge. Grassy ridge and about 50 mile per hour winds. It had a good life though. It had a good life. <laughs> but it has it had sustained so many windstorms yeah. and inclement weather and finally the grommets just went like, "Ah, forget it. I'm tired of holding this thing together." <laughs> and uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but 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 just having said that, I mean, just a piece of silk nylon fabric that's cut um, ten by twelve. That's got um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight grommets in it with tie downs. That lasted ten years, and I we never got wet ever. Did we have debris fly in the tarp? Yeah. But- <laughs> But, I mean, if you're going to go backpacking, if, you, if you're going to be out there, man, be one with nature. It's okay. <laughs> we even had a deer come into the tarp yeah. one time. Yeah, we did. That was pretty awesome, actually. That was pretty awesome. The advantages of tarps. But I have to admit, I, I love the single wall. I prefer a single wall. After being introduced to it, after backpacking extensively with a single wall tent, uh, not just a tarp, but a tent, um, and, and I have to say, I really, really enjoy them. There is, you know, the X factor that the downside for me in the summer months is there's not as much airflow as you could achieve with a double wall tent and leaving off the rain fly. In that, some cases, if, if you're going for a single wall tent, yeah, some of... 
some of the designs out there do offer that ability. Some yeah. don't. Yeah, I think in the last really five, really, I'd, I'd say five to six years, the pyramid style tent with the uh, the open front that offers both the tarp and the sewn, the sewn in mesh. Uh, it's kind of like a, it's a, a single wall. It's, it's a, a hybrid, hybrid of yeah. a single wall uh, with the kind of the tent within the single wall. Um, that probably, in my opinion, is the best tent to start looking at. Um, and they all make them now. Uh, Z-Pack, um, Tarp Tent, Six Moon Designs, Mount Laurel, uh, Light Heart Gear. That is, that is where the industry has gone as far as the hybrid single wall and, um, if you will, bug net type situation where you don't have that choice to take off and just sleep under a netting because it's kind of sewn in, but you've got that big open vestibule right. that is, it almost acts like a tarp. And so that's really, uh, I think, I think the single wall tent, I think in our opinion would probably be our choice. Um, the way to go, knowing that if you're going to be backpacking the Appalachian trail, you are going to, you are going to experience a little condensation. And so, Having said that, it's your choice. You have to make that, um, I guess, um, come to Jesus moment where you make the decision, well, you know, can I handle a little condensation? Can I handle a little water drops touching my sleeping bag? Because, you know, some people can't. They're like, ah! You know, <laughs> and can, can you handle that versus the weight you save? It's actually really refreshing when you get the <laughs> raindrops on you. It's like, oh... Right. Oh, that's kind of, that's relaxing right. a little bit. Uh, until it gets irritating. <laughs> yeah, until you have the like, one. I'm actually getting wet. <laughs> so quickly explain to our listeners who are new to single wall um, where that conversation is actually forming from. Because, because that's a whole new concept that is not a part of double wall. The whole iconic... I'm a kid camping. I've been doing a normal tent for my whole life. I can see the stars at night kind of situation. But all of a sudden you add in the single wall and you don't have that element, but you do have the condensation. Well, you're always going to get condensation. It's just a matter of where the condensation ends up. So on a double wall tent, it usually ends up. So on a double wall tent, um, you, and the double wall tent is almost, uh, it, it's, let's see, how can I explain it? So the double wall tent doesn't mean there is two walls to the tent. It's usually a, a no seam screen on the outside. And then you put the rain fly over that no seam screen. So you're, you're still getting condensation, but the condensation is really in between the mesh because condensation it doesn't really form on the noceum mesh, but it's on top of, it's in the rain fly. So it doesn't get close to you, you don't see it. It doesn't really affect you. With a single wall tent, you're still getting condensation, but it's, you're, you're close, there's no mesh. You don't, you know, that it's right next to you. And so- <laughs> Dripping on your head. Dripping on your head <laughs> sometimes. But, but it, again, the, the single wall tent came from a lot of design from out west and so 
that single wall concept, you're you're just not going to you're not going to get the condensation in Arizona that you would in the North Georgia mountains. It's completely two different atmospheric events going on. Um, so again, you know, it's your lifestyle, it's your choice, and you take a look at which one is um, you know um, going to best fit for you. I, I we have ne- I mean I've never had a, a problem where there's condensation to the point where, you know, things were really wet. I had a condensation a long time ago. I think the worst I had was it was a double wall, but it was the North Face Canyonlands tent. It was a single person tent, one pole. It, it, it was all mesh, no CM, and it had a rain fly outside. It was a non-breathable rain fly, and I did have water dripping off that rain fly into my tent. But there was also about two inches of wet, slushy, miserable snow on top of my tent that had <laughs> sunk down. And the funny thing is, is that once that that double wall rain fly, or that rain fly, once that sinks down and starts hitting the no mesh in your tent, yes, then let the water drips begin. <laughs> Turn on the faucet, folks. You're going to get, you're going to feel a little moisture in your tent. And that's, We'll talk about that's the biggest thing when we talk about the pro tip at the end. That's why a lot of tents get returned when they go ultralight and they buy the rain fly and they go, I got wet. What the heck? (laughs) And we're going to tell you why, what most people don't do. So let's talk about uh, this episode's uh, gear manufacturer. And when you're looking at ultra lightweight tents, and you're looking at your single wall, you're looking at the double wall, you're looking at your lifestyle, how you sleep, where you sleep, um, high pitch, low pitch. Let's look at a, a gear manufacturer that I think that you guys should start to take a look at. And the reason why I love these guys so much is because of their price point. Talk about quality, durability, functionality, and someone who has put a lot of thought and care into their tents and that is sixmoondesigns.com sixmoondesigns.com now why why six moon designs well first of all they've got some killer outstanding tents a lot of their tents always win awards um backpacker magazine has given one of their tents outstanding tent for uh, 2019 um not that i um listen to backpacker magazine at all but it's always good to get a little stamp a little editor's choice right next to your uh, tent um but uh, other people clever hiker and a lot of other uh resources out there really love their tents and i love their tents also uh because they started really getting into the game about a year before i started hiking the appalachian trail and i remember looking at their uh, first lightweight tent that they put out there. And I was like, oh my God, this is revolutionary. This is radical design, radical concept. And it was all because Ron had hiked the Appalachian Trail and had jacked around on hiking back and forth. And then he went out west and said, you know, I can make these tents better and I can make a lighter weight tent. And then he went out west and then he started jacking around on the Pacific Crest Trail and he's like, I can make a tent. I'm going to make a tent. And he did. And it rocked. And so, um, and after talking to Ron and getting to know him, 
the passion for quality is um, rarely do you get to talk to a CEO that has such a passion for. If you don't like the tent, I don't want you. I don't want you using it. <laughs> send it back. I'd rather you send a tent back than use it and not be happy with it. And um, I love that. I mean, you know, as someone who invests a lot of money in gear, it's always good to know that, man, you know what? Uh, yeah, someone said it was the best. It wasn't the best for me. And uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to return your tent. And the CEO of the company says, thank you. Appreciate it. You know, get you something you want and something you like. Happy hiking. And I think that's a great attitude to have. And they have by the way, outstanding gear. Yeah, I, well, I think I think more customer service should fall along the lines of gear manufacturing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to stand behind the gear that you make. I mean, you know, it, it's like, you know, when you buy a house, what do you get? You get homeowner's insurance, you know, you get all kinds of protection insurance. You know, you don't buy a house and, you know, the salesperson goes, oh, and by the way, the roof leaks. I'll take it. You know, I mean, that's just not the way it goes. And so, you know, when you buy your tent, you're living in this thing. You're going to be in your tent. You're not going to buy a leaky roof tent. And you certainly want insurance to know that if something does go wrong, you can make a phone call and say, by the way, you know, your tent leaks. And the one thing about Six Moon Designs is that when you buy, when you purchase any tent at their on their site, they ask you right there, look it. You may not be the best at seam sealing your tent. Do you want us to do it for you? <laughs> and I like that. I mean, you're like, yeah, I may pay an extra couple dollars for that. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, let's face it. When I get my tent, I want to go out. I want to go out and play. I don't want to have to sit there, you know, for five days and seam seal my tent and then let make sure the seam seal dries. And, you know, wh what if I don't do it right? You know, so these guys are like, Look, well, do you want us to seam seal it? <laughs> so they just put it out there, right there. I like the honesty. <laughs> and they just, yeah, me this too. This is not your expertise. Let right. us do it. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, Ron um, started uh, making uh, lightweight tents um, when he was uh, playing around on the Pacific Crest Trail in uh, 2000. They started in 2002, putting out their products out there and um, just, just love their products. So, when you're going to look at the uh, Six Moon Designs website and you're going to say, okay, I'm looking at some um, some tents, which ones stand out? So for the new backpacker, for the backpacker that's going to hike the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail, uh, one of the things um, we totally would suggest you take a look at is the Lunar Solo. The Lunar Solo is one of the backpacker choice 2019 um, recommendations. It's 200 bucks, you guys. $200 for a ultra lightweight tent, which quite frankly, in the ultra lightweight tent category, that's a steal for 200 bucks. Right. I mean, it's a steal. Compare that to the big Agnes, UL Spur. I mean, I'll take the $200 well, six just, moon design tent any day. Well, getting your feet wet too, um, before you add in all the bells and whistles of things that you may not know you need or don't need. In yeah. the long run. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the Lunar Solo, it's 26 ounces. Uh, it's it, all of these ultra lightweight tents, again, know this, whether it's single wall, sometimes even double wall, and the hybrids, okay, you're going to have to use your hiking pole. 
which I love because you're multi-using your gear. You know, it's it's a way for you know because when you when you when you turn in for the night in your backpack, you know, after you're, you you've hit the trail, you're tired, you're going in your tent for a long day. Everyone's, you're not going to sleep with your with your hiking going, pole. You're not going to sleep. So, but I like it that your hiking poles have a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, like, dude, you know, just don't lay there on the ground. You know. <laughs> I'm going to but, get to work. But you need to. Well, work. my other gear has to work. <laughs> you know. So I like the hiking pole has to actually have a job and work. It's really it's a full time twenty four hour. I got I gotta gotta help you walk. Gotta pitch your tent. You know. I gotta I gotta bat things away on the ground, <laughs> you know, sometimes get into a hiking pole sword fight, you know, spontaneous on the trail. You never know, but they're always working. And so the ultralight tents that you're getting, you're going to be using your hiking pole. I just want to throw that out there uh, for you. But uh, they're all made out of uh, silicone coated, coated polyester material. Um, and so it really, really helps protect your tent. Um and then some of the other things, too, that you look at some of these ultra lightweight tents, too, are, um, you know, look at the little things in your even even if you're looking at tents. I'm just going to throw this out out there. Look at little tiny features like do the tie downs. Do they all glow in the dark? Is there a reflective material that's used? A lot of them do, but some of them don't. And there's nothing worse than getting up to get water or having to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and tripping over your feet freaking guideline in your tent or because it doesn't have a reflective material i can't it, tell you how many times oh can't a hundred times a hundred million times our dogs go bolting through it and like and pull half the tent down <laughs> yeah absolutely the other uh tent from six moon designs that i think that uh you should take a look at it's a two-person tent weighs 28 uh, 28 ounces and that is the skyscape trekker skyscape trekker that thing is a total of 28 pounds it's a two-person tent you guys two-person tent and it it it's just a great looking tent it's it's really phenomenal for getting into ultra lightweight uh tent backpacking durable quality you can't you can't beat it um i love that tent uh it's a new tent for 2000 it came out in 2018 and so you should you should take a look at that tent. It's rated very high. I think Clever Hiker uh, rated that as one of the best ultra lightweight tents in his opinion out there for a two person tent. I really uh, I, I really like their gear. Um, and then the other one too is I'm gonna throw this out there for people that really wanna really wanna test the boundaries of their ultra lightweightness and be a little bit more one with nature. And that is look at their tarp section. When you go to Six Moon Designs, look at their tents, look at their ultralight tents, but then look at, um, go into the category and look at their tarps. They've got a tarp that rocks. It, it can be a tarp. You can hang it from two trees and hang it and then tie it down, or you can use your hiking poles. I like that. You can also, it's got two entrances to the tarp, so you can zip it down just like a regular tent, but it doesn't have a floor. You're just sleeping on the ground with your ground cloth and the nature and the bugs. But if you want to open it up on one of the sides of the vestibule, oh man, 
you can see everything around you. You can lay down, cook, you're good. But the one thing I do like about it is they make bug nuts that fit inside this tent. And you can snap it in and now you have a floor, you have a bug nut all around and you've turned this tarp into a hybrid tent for ultra lightweight. The bug nut does add additional weight for sure, but you're still at two pounds. So with the bug nut inside the tent and, and the tarp tent, you are at two pounds, which is exactly the same weight as the Equinox uh, 10 by 12 tarp that we use. The nice thing about the this tent is that you can pitch it different ways. And if you can pitch your tent different ways and not be so constrained to just the one way to pitch your tent, because Mother Nature doesn't, she doesn't create a nice flat landscape for everybody to pitch their tents. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it just doesn't work that way. She's very spiteful. <laughs> She's very spiteful. <laughs> and so if you can look at pitching your tent in different ways, that gives you an advantage over what the conditions might be at your campsite. That's all I'm saying. And sometimes, you know, I mean, I've gotten, I mean, how many times have we gone to a campsite? There are no trees. Yeah. No trees. And so you have to use your hiking poles and you have to pitch your tent in between your hiking poles. We've set up the tarp a hundred times just using our hiking poles. Yep. Yep. So again, where are you going? Where are you going? You know, and, and that's one of the other reasons why I love using your hiking poles as a, um, a tarp or we've set up one time where we had one big tree, one big branch hangover, and we set up the tarp as a teepee. We just hung a rope over the tent like we were hanging a, a food bag and just clipped a carabiner to the top of the a tarp and we, we set it up as a teepee. So that is one of the advantages, the big advantages to single wall tents is they're very versatile. You can do a lot of different things with them and you're not constrained to the one pitch setup or the um you know just you just pitch it the other thing too i'll tell you for people that have the rei half dome and quarter dome um if you really want to experiment with a tarp uh your rainfly can be set up just as a tarp um, and you can unzip it. it's got the vestibule on it and you don't need to put that tent in there so if you really want to experiment and have a shelter and see if you like it for those people who've got the REI quarter dome, half dome, uh, you can just, your hiking poles, can you you can use your, your uh, tent poles to set up your tarp and just stake your tarp down on the ground with no floor, no tenant underneath it, and practice. Go out there and see, you know, what I like a single wall tent. That's a great way to, to practice or to see if you'd love a single wall by using an REI quarter dome or half dome tent. Absolutely. Because you've got one. Yep. Still. Yeah, still. <laughs> it's it's standed the test of uh, many purges of gear. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, you can take the tent out and just set up the, the rain fly and just say, Can I am I am I good with this? Can you know? And yeah. go in the rain. Absolutely. You know, and see see what that's like. Okay, so I hope we helped you kind of understand a little bit about the single wall, double wall, the pros and cons. But let me give you some of the the issues with some of the ultra lightweight tents out there. And I'm going to talk I'm going to talk about the ones that have the rainfly. 
but it's just a no seam tent and then you put the rain fly over it um i'm not going to mention any manufacturer names but they're two really big ones and their price point is really expensive <laughs> narrowing it down <laughs> so let's see how can i say that so when i when i worked at one of the outfitters who i've mentioned previously they had a really good single person tent and um it's called the dash <laughs> and it was a very lightweight tent it was under two pounds and i looked at that tent i couldn't believe one they actually made that tent because they're not an ultra lightweight company but they were feeling pressure in the ultra lightweight industry and so they made this tent and very very thin uh, rain fly uh, looked good i set it up and loved it here's why the tent is off the market today and this is why the other manufacturer, this is why they get a lot of returns also. Same company sells both of them. Is that when you have an ultra lightweight tent and you have a rain fly with that tent, you cannot, you cannot expect to stay dry without pitching the guidelines on that rain fly. And I mean all of them. If it has six guidelines, you've got to pitch them all. Every single one of them which is a pain in the you know what when it's raining or it's windy and you've like look at me i saved all this weight i'm at a pound and a half or two pounds and man look at me and you put the rain fly on you staked it you've maybe pitched two of the guidelines because you're thinking it's going to be breathable but you didn't pitch the other four <laughs> you're going to get wet you're going to get wet it's not going to work and the rain fly is going to sink in with the um so when it rains the rain flies get heavy and the heaviness because they're hardly made of anything just the sil nylon weighs nothing but just the weight of the moisture on the sil nylon itself makes your rain fly sag when it sag it touches the tent and when it touches the tent the rain doesn't pitch off the rain fly like it should because you didn't tie down all the guidelines and you're going to get wet. And so um, I've seen a lot of the ultra lightweight tents with a rain fly with the double wall that's just got the no CM and they bring them back because they're like the rain fly doesn't work. It's not the rain fly. It's that all the guidelines need to be pitched and um, if you don't believe me, ask Carrie, who took our backpacking bootcamp class, who had one of those tents, and just one guideline stake came out, and she got water in her tent. And so that's that's one of the that's one of the cons to for these ultra lightweight tents that have, you know, like six guidelines. You got to pitch them all, or it's not going to work. Um, that's what they're made for. The six guidelines there on the tent are not there for decoration. You've got to. <laughs> You've got to stake them, which means your self-freestanding tent was really cool because it really was really fast to pitch until you realize where well, I've got more. I got to carry six stakes. What? How many? I didn't. I don't think I have to carry any sticks. Right. Any you're stakes. adding weight. You're adding weight, and it defeats the purpose. So, just want to throw that out there and make sure that you know you you really do your due diligence on the. Uh, and again, we are not. 
we're not endorsing these products, um, but these are uh, manufacturers that we think you should start with. Just look at them first and then go to some of the other manufacturers and look at theirs also. Um, because it does really, it is really about your, your lifestyle and, um, you know, looking at where you're going to go, how long you're going to be there and is weight important to you. And then what's my lifestyle going to be on the trail? If it's a weekend backpacking trip, that's one thing, but if you're going to spend some time out there and you're going to invest some money and you know, you, you want good gear want good quality gear and you want gear that's going to fit your you know your backpacking needs because everyone's different out on the trail you know everybody's a little bit different yeah absolutely and so you know and and if you if you think that you know i just came up with this you know like you know by myself um <laughs> you're, you'd be wrong because my friend brian delay who's got 30 years of backpacking experience you know um when he he told me the first time I tarp tented with him, um, I was so apprehensive of sleeping under just some sill nylon and a couple of strings. And it was, by the way, it got down to like 15 degrees that night. I brought my tent. And a tarp. And a tarp. Wow. Because I was so unconvinced. He's like, you know, he goes, leave that damn tent in the car. <laughs> and, he, and I did. And I trusted him. I trusted the trail. Um, because he's part of the trail and we went out and I've never gone back. Rarely have I ever slept in a, in a tent again. Um, and I loved it. So, and you know, it's a, it's just a regular tarp, single wall, single wall tarp. And we've been under some major thunderstorms in that, in that tarp. Yeah. Each one of them have been wonderful. So, um, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, thank you so much. Really um, love you guys. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please post a comment on iTunes. It helps spread the word about our podcast and gets other people involved in our podcast. Also, you can comment on any of your other favorite podcatchers. We love to uh, read your comments and get emails from you guys. So keep them coming. Uh, it really makes our day. Sometimes when we're having a bad day, we get a comment uh, that's saying something. Thank you. And it, it really, it really brightens our day. Uh, shout outs to our new Facebook members. I, of course, we love we love you guys. Love the photographs you've been posting lately. Our patrons: Rick, Jerry, Shirley, Chuck, John, Jerry, or Gary, Suzanne Johnson, Brad, Bill Cottrell, and Nick Dyer. Thank you guys so much for being part of our Patreon community. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and of course Radio Public. That's both available on iOS and Android. You can follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail, or our Trust the Trail Facebook page. So please come out and follow. And, you know, remember, the advice that we get or things that we've learned in our guiding trips and 20 years of backpacking and, and being out in the field, they've all come from people that have the same passion as we do. So we've learned from them and by them, them sharing knowledge with us and us all learning together, um, that's all part of the trail. So remember, the trail gives you everything you need. Trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye.